Welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. Now, before we get started, I want to go ahead and make a quick apology to you guys. I haven't been making regular podcasts. The reason being is I actually went off to Man Weekend. It is a men's retreat that North Bible does since I'm a member of North Bible Church. I went out there to really kind of refresh myself, making podcasts, working, going to school, and keeping a family going is incredibly stressful. So I kind of need to get away for my own spiritual health, my own mental health, everything to just keep producing content and keep and really just have a chance to connect, really connect with the Lord again. So I appreciate you guys for understanding. I appreciate you guys. Love you guys for uh, being here and sharing with me and going on this journey as well. So before we jump into this too uh, much further, I'm going to go ahead. Let's have a little word for my sponsor and then we'll jump in. Welcome back to the show. So today we're going to be doing another Give Me an Answer. And it's going to be a classic from Cliff Connectly. I'm not sure what the topic is, but that's what I was pointing out. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I'm going to be also uploading a conversation, uh, basically, um, what is my testimony? And that's going to be coming up and about who I am. So you know a little bit more about me. I'm more personable with you. Because I'm can. i going to be continuously uploading different churches, different podcasts, different sermons. But I'm also going to get more into just talking with you guys and being more and more like a like a fireside chat. So without further ado, guys, this is Give Me an Answer with Cliff Connectly. The London Times asked G.K. Chesterton to write three articles answering the question, what is wrong with the human race? G.K. Chesterton wrote a letter to the London Times that was published. Dear Sirs, the problem with the human race, quite frankly, is me. Sincerely, G.K. Chesterton. I understand his point. I am trying to rip apart the smoke screens that people put between themselves and Frank. In my afterlife, I'll worry about that later. This life right now, I'll worry about right now. I can't put my trust in something that was written. And a bunch of us are running away from God, are running away from Christ as fast as we can. You must save yourself. No one will do it for you. Maybe what you think you or I believe is the misinterpretation. Don't take it from me. Go to the source document, the Gospels, and read about Jesus for yourself. If you genuinely want to know Christ, he's not going to play hide-and-seek with you. You'll fight All right, you're right. Maybe God is just my fantasy. Okay, good. You're thinking, I, I think you're thinking clear now. All right, Cliff, fine. Then maybe your God is just a fantasy that you've created because you're not willing to face the meaninglessness of life. You're right, that's possible. But by saying that, what you've communicated then to me is, Cliff, I realize that because there is no God, life is meaningless. Well, right? Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I don't, because I'm not sure if I do think there's a God, and I think that my life has meaning, so I'm living proof, like, that you can have both. Okay, but wait a second. If you're saying, Cliff, what really motivates you to believe in God is, because you don't want to face the logical conclusions of atheism, that life is meaningful. And, and you're not okay with that, and I am. 
Pardon? Because we're two different people, though, and you're not okay with that, and I am okay with that. Okay, are you really okay with the idea that your life is not meaningful, that you just create your own meaning? What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is... Like an example, I create my own meaning how? You can say that the purpose of my life is to develop my mind and help other people. But you can just as easily say the purpose of my life is to develop my mind to steal money. That's just as legitimate. That's immoral. That's right. And if there is no God, this universe is amoral. That's correct. Well, then who defines morality if there is no God? Who defines it? You see, there's nobody to define it. Except you and me and all of us, and the white South African, and the Nazi, and the murderer, and the rapist, and the terrorists who destroyed the World Trade Center. I mean, I hope you don't think that those terrorists who flew those jet airliners into the World Trade Center September 11th didn't think they were doing something good. Of course they thought they were doing something very good. That's why they sacrificed their lives for it. I am convinced to the root of my being, they were wrong. Absolutely wrong. But you see, that only can be true is if there is a real value of justice that is totally violated by those terrorists flying those jet airliners into the World Trade Center. And the only way there can be a real value of justice is if there is some type of mind prior to the human mind that creates and defines this value of justice that gives lives dignity and value. Because if there is no mind prior to the human mind that defines justice and creates us with dignity, then we do that ourselves. And I am not more correct than a terrorist who flies a jet airliner into the World Trade Center. I've got my definition. The terrorist has his definition. I'm not right. He's not wrong. He's not right. I'm not wrong. He's right for himself. I'm right for myself. Does that make sense? Kind of, but if you, you have concepts of things, justice, just like you have concept of anything. Yes. Concept of physical things. But so does a terrorist. Right? But God doesn't give us a concept of, sure. You're right. There's a, definite, there's a definite difference between the material shirt and the concept of justice. Absolutely correct. There's a definite difference between pants and a concept of meaning in life. This is a physical world. Meaning in life, value, is philosophical. It's intangible value. And my point is, if there is no God, then the unseen world these intangible values of justice, they're just the creation of the human mind. That's all they are. So the terrorist creates his own system of values. I create my own system of values. One's not right. The other's not wrong. It's all relative. And September 11th knocks that thing right into the hat. Because the majority of my relativist friends, confronted by September 11th, say, that was absolutely evil. So what I'm getting at is that I, I don't think the universe itself is purposeless or meaningless or one big accident. But at the same time, I don't believe that there is a, a mind that designed it. So I don't... But doesn't, doesn't there have to be a mind if you're going to talk about purpose? Doesn't purpose mean intent? So how can you have purpose without having a mind? Well... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, that's, that's, that's a difficult question. I mean, it, I don't see how you necessarily have to have a, a, a human-like mind to have an intent. Because, for example, a, uh, 
you know, a, a vacuum cleaner, if the intent of it is to is to vacuum the floor. And of course, human beings design vacuums, which have minds. And what I'm getting at is, at some point you have to stop with mind begets mind begets mind begets mind because, like for example, if you think that a mind that you call God created the universe, then you have to say, well, what mind, for example, does God have a purpose? <laughs> that's, that's the big question because if you want to say that God is meaningless and he's purposeless and his existence doesn't have any meaning, uh, then you're not a Christian, I don't, uh, not a, a good one. That's not sticking with Christian theology. But at the same time, if you say that God does have meaning, he does have purpose, and his, his existence does have value, then you have to turn around using this logic, I think, and say, well, that means God, some other mind must have created God uh -huh. because God had, had to have purpose. You know, you, you just keep going back forever and ever and ever. Well, I can promise you, I, I don't know what the purpose of God is. Because God is eternal. God has always existed. So you're that's right. God exactly was not made. I, God was not made. And that's exactly what I think about the universe. It's eternal, if you want to say that. Uh, it does happen to have a purpose and value, yet it wasn't created. So in other words, what I think about, what you think about God is what I think about whatever it, there is behind the Big Bang. Good. And the basic difference between you and me is you think that inanimate matter on its own can come up with purpose. I'm convinced that's impossible. I'm convinced that it takes an, a thinking mind, a conscious mind, to come up with purpose. You think that inanimate matter can love or can come up with love. I'm convinced inanimate matter cannot love, cannot come up with love. I'm convinced it takes a mind, a free will, to love. In the symposium, Plato said, that summed it up best, I think, I think what the vast majority of human beings, psychologically normal human beings, want to do ultimately with their lives is to live in goodness for eternity. I think that's what most people want. They want a, a form of goodness and they want eternal life. Like you said, death stinks. Nobody, I think, really wants to die unless they're insane. So, but that just happens to be what you would expect from life from inanimate matter that through uh, chemo evolution happened to begin to reproduce itself and begin to compete with each other. In other words, there may have been species that didn't want to live, but they didn't make it. We happened to, we're here because our ancestors wanted to live and wanted to live forever, i.e. as long as possible, since it's not possible to live forever. But what I'm saying is that drive has been put into mankind through natural selection, and that's why we have this desire for purpose and all this stuff. All these things develop through natural selection, and that's how inanimate matter can get all these ideas. Okay. And I'll give you an opportunity. Is there anything you want to ask me since <laughs> I, I absolutely, you know, am a hardcore, I don't shy away from any of the things that you say atheists tend to. Oh, I think you do. I okay. think you're playing uh, a game, it's a little more sophisticated game than a lot of people play, a lot of my atheist friends play, but you, you, that, was a, that was a total intellectual game you played when you said purpose comes out of just inanimate matter, just evolving. Sir, it's impossible, totally impossible. When you talk about purpose, you're talking about intent. You've got motive in there. You do not have motive and intent 
in inanimate matter. Oh, I'm sorry, you mistook... Uh, yeah, I, I left out the part that I don't believe in free will. So, and I don't think that I intend anything. That what, what it looks like intent to even me and to you is actually the, the product, the physical product of my brain state. Since, of course, my brain is just a blob of goo, of goo that evolved through natural selection, uh, there is no sort of floating consciousness or will inside it. Right. And so I don't really believe in free will either. Uh -huh. I mean, it feels like I have it. Uh -huh. It seems like I have it, right. but I don't. Okay, good. And so I don't have intent, really, and there is no purpose, really. But what I'm explaining is the illusion of intent. Good. Illusion of purpose. Fine. So it's all an illusion. Now, my point is, because you realize it's all an illusion, because you're smart enough, because you're in touch enough with the reality to realize that me saying that this man has intrinsic value is all an illusion, you realize it really doesn't matter whether I murder him or whether I feed him dinner. Yeah. It's all an illusion. I mean, <laughs> there are two things that would prevent me from murdering somebody, and that would be fear of getting caught and ruining yeah. my career and all that stuff. And then there would be, <laughs> and this is something you probably jump on, uh, a natural compassion I see when I see another human face, or even an animal, you know, I wouldn't even abuse an animal uh, through this sort of universal natural compassion I have, because I understand that all, uh, at least animal living beings, suffer. And it pains me to see suffering in other living things. Uh -huh. But see, the, the, the rub is, I'm not being a saint, it's actually still egoistic. It's just that I don't want to cause myself suffering by turning on this kind of compassion circuit in my brain. You bet. And so, therefore, you'll be open-minded enough to realize that although you have this innate biological drive to be compassionate towards him, you realize that when I do slaughter him, that's because I have this innate electrical system in me that makes me slaughter him. And it's not wrong for me to slaughter him, that's just the way I biologically emote. And it pains me to see you do that, and I don't want to live in a society with people like you, so that's why I would act against you. Right. Not because of any grand cosmic moral theme, exactly. just because of that. And that's why I, I want to see Osama bin Laden gone, it's not because he's violating some cosmic law of justice, but just because he's a danger right. to, to the society that I want to live in. Mm -hmm. And I think that ultimately the world will be better if we make an example of him and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so at least I'm being consistent. Yes. Okay. <laughs> when you take something that lasts as long as eternity, as compared to the flicker that is life, and the gospel seems to be, in my opinion, menacing that entire afterlife, all of eternity, for the rest of existence beyond what you know and we claim exists, it's from the objective viewpoint, that's what it is, you're going to suffer like you've never suffered before. All the pain you've ever felt, nothing. This is going to be so much worse, unless you believe in us now. And that's a, that's a, that's a form of terrorism. That's, that's emotional blackmail, I mean, on a level of obey me, abide, do exactly what I say, and you live well. Disobey me, and you burn. It's almost Hitler-esque. <laughs> And it's really not the if if that God is a person, I'd kill him myself. Fair question. First point. 
When you read the Gospels carefully, I don't think you're going to get a photograph of hell. And obviously, there's some followers of Christ who view hell as annihilation, suffering and annihilation. Obviously, there are other followers of Christ who insist, no, it's eternal conscious burning, the way you talked about. But if you go back and read the Gospels for yourself carefully, I think you're going to notice. Which Gospel? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. Read all of them. I think what you're going to realize is Jesus doesn't give us a photograph of hell, but he definitely uses the most horrible human language imaginable to describe hell. That's the first point. The second point is, if you have a professor who informs you that if you flunk an exam, if you have a university who informs you if you flunk your courses, you're going to be kicked out of this place, I don't call that blackmail. Instead, I understand there are standards here at the university, and if I don't measure up to those standards, there are consequences. Okay, that's a standard occurring in life, and it's a temporary thing, because you can always retake the course, apply to another university. The comparison is not quite as extreme as eternity versus, I think, the max of 150 years. Well, going with the Bible, I think Methuselah, 996? Uh, yeah, right. almost 1,000 years if you go with that, versus eternity. Uh -huh. That's There's a big distinction between the two. Yes. And you're talking about on the basis of a flicker in, in, in the universe, condemning this one flickering soul forever. Uh-huh. That's pretty uh, hardcore. It's very hardcore. I agree with you 100%. It sounds pretty terroristic, too. No, it sounds to me like God takes your free will seriously. God takes my free will seriously. And if, in spite of all the evidence he's given me that he's real, in spite of all the evidence from my conscience that I've rebelled against God, that I've done wrong, that's why I experience guilt, in spite of all the evidence that God loves me so much that he sent his only son Jesus to bleed and die on a cross for my sin, to give me the gift of eternal life, if I insist upon running away from God, God is not going to stop me. He's going to allow me to run away from him for eternity. That'll be hell. G.K. Chesterton, the great English thinker, put it best when he wrote, hell is God's great complement to the reality of human freedom and the dignity of human choice. I don't have to spend eternity with God, neither do you. If you and I choose to spend this life separate from God, he will grant our decision and we'll spend eternity separate from him. That'll be hell. Not only that, I think you and I agree that Hitler did some pretty atrocious things. Well, sir, if there is no hell, evil too frequently ultimately wins. If there is no hell, the good die young, warped, wicked, powerful people win the day. And that's all there is. That's why if there is no God, if there is no heaven and no hell, then despair wins the day. No, no, that's when you give up. As I, you don't fail as long as you keep fighting, and I don't think I've failed for that. Oh, really? How well did you do at protecting the Jews from being slaughtered in Dachau and Auschwitz and Buchenwald? How well did I do in preventing the Russians from being slaughtered in the gulags by Joseph Stalin? Come on, sir, there is so much grotesque evil and injustice in this world. You and I cannot defeat it all. But if you lay back and wait for some deity that you're not certain exists to take care of it later, that's apathy. That's Laziness, right. and it's pathetic. And what's one of the sins that Christ up, attacked most harshly? If you apathy, up, laying back. In fact, Jesus said that if you believe in me, if you don't feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and visit those who are sick and in prison, you don't believe in me. 
So obviously you and Jesus agree on that one, that love demands action. But if you're going to fight evil, why wait for them to suffer afterwards? Stop it now. That's, That's exactly, exactly what Jesus says. Stop it now. But then Jesus says, guess what? Because God is good, he's going to guarantee that evil does not ultimately win. That's why there's going to be a hell. If there is no hell, evil ultimately wins. So hell is just separation from God? Or are there degrees of hell? Well, obviously, I'm going to the Jesus same place as Hitler for not following Christ. Each of us are going to be judged differently, uniquely. So yes, there are different rewards that will be given in heaven, and there's different punishment that will be in hell. Okay. You bet. But you see, sir, if there is no hell, the good die young, and evil warp people win the day, and that's all there is to it. We all go to the same place, fertilizer, if there is no God. So it doesn't really matter whether you're Adolf Hitler or Mother Teresa, you go to become fertilizer if there is no God. Except for the quality of life. Is a joke. Except for the quality of life of the people still living. Oh, yeah? You're talking about the hereafter. I'm considering more important, per my personal philosophy, the here and now. The people around me, how I influence their lives. And that's exactly what Jesus says God takes so seriously that how you treat the people in the here and the now determines where you spend eternity. But beyond eternity, ignoring eternity, because I've got no personal guarantees. I haven't seen any evidence that I can consider enough, or even evidence, to yes, look at and have. say I've got eternity. Yes, I haven't you have. seen anything. You sure have. All evidence. There is far more evidence to support Jesus' reliability than there is evidence to support whatever you're living for. Okay. What are you living for? To improve the lives of the people that I, I interact with, that I like. Okay? It's that simple. I try to help people Good. as best I can. What's the Hold evidence? on, Cliff, let me finish. Let All me right, finish. Go ahead. What's, What's the, the evidence, evidence to support it? No evidence. It's what I do. I try no to No evidence. I thought you just told me that the reason you couldn't trust in Christ is because there's not enough evidence. Clearly implying that before you believe, you demand evidence. So if I find a guy named Matt, Mark, Luke, John, write about me, tell that I'm doing good things, that's quite enough evidence? Four people? If you get four people to lie about you, I wouldn't What if they're not lying, Cliff? What if I'm really just a nice guy? Well, if you live a sinless life... I never said sinless. I said Well, that's nice. what they record Jesus lived. Jesus lived a sinless life. That's what they said. But yeah. now, if I get four people to say, hey, he's a good guy. He's, he lives a lot, nice life. He tries to help people. I'm not looking to eternity. I'm doing it. If I'm not... It's almost mercenary. If you live a good life, if you're helpful, if you abide by Jesus and all this, and you get out there and you do this, then you get a good life. But that's a payoff. You're looking past what you're doing to what you're going to get for it. That's mercenary. I'm doing it. I got no promises of an afterlife. I'm not even sure I necessarily want one. What I do know is I haven't seen anything to convince me. I haven't died yet, so I haven't seen what's after it. I'm doing it because I think it's the right thing to do. Who defines what's right? I do, for me. Why have you chosen to put so much faith in yourself? What's the evidence that you're that smart, that moral, that intelligent, that you would put so much faith in yourself? Because my friends, my family, from the way I treat them, are happy, and they keep coming around. If they didn't like me, they wouldn't come around me. They All are right. my judges. Fine. Speaking for myself, I at times do good the same way you do. But to be honest with you, at times I do evil. I am not doing good to earn heaven. I can't earn heaven by doing good because I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against God. And I realize that although at times I've done good, I've also done evil. Now, Jesus Christ offers me a gift, forgiveness and eternal life. And I put my faith in him because I realize often I'm not good. 
It's not a gift, though. Yes, it is a gift. It's, it's an acquisition because you have to do this in order to get it. You're buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm asking for it. I'm humbling myself before him, asking him to forgive me, putting my faith in him, and receiving the gift of eternal life that he promised. Welcome back to the show. So today we're going to be doing another Give Me an Answer. And it's going to be a classic from Cliff Connectly. I'm not sure what the topic is, but that's what I was pointing out. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I'm going to be also uploading a conversation. Uh, basically, um, what is my testimony? And that's going to be coming up and about who I am. So you know a little bit more about me. I'm more personable with you. Because I can, I'm going to be continuously uploading different churches, different podcasts, different sermons. But I'm also going to get more into just talking with you guys and being more and more like a, like a fireside chat. So without further ado, guys, this is Give Me an Answer with Cliff Connectly. <laughs>